Hey, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Will Leverson, and this is Sports Spot Weekly. This week's episode is cold openings. Um, we're a few weeks now into the new NFL season, and we're still a few weeks out uh, from the start of the NBA season. And boy, um, it has been uh, just as many, many a uh, initial few games of many a season and just pick your favorite sport uh, where there's going to be these injuries that happen. But there's a few teams that we're not really able to gauge. And when I say we, uh, the larger sports body, right? I mean, there's analysts, there's fans, there's the teams themselves, and none of us are really going to be able to get a true um, bead um, on on what the trajectory of of the of franchises are because there's just injuries to some folks, uh, big injuries in the space of, uh, for example, if you're talking about teams like uh, the Bengals and the Rams respectively. Both quarterbacks are on the other side of injury, whether it's uh, Matt Stafford and still uh, nursing an injury um, there to his hand. Um, there, or uh, if it's Joe Burrow on the other side of abdominal surgery um, here and in the, into the first uh, couple weeks of the new season. But there's also, and then there's also the unfortunate injury, recent injury to, uh, to Trey Lance um, and how that, um, and it, it, even though the sort of problem that, San Francisco has see everybody's problems just like anything in life right like what's a problem for somebody is something that's easily overcome or not or non-factor for someone else uh, for as many teams that do have uh, injuries to their quarterbacks there's a lot of teams who um, are are at this point and still with their first option uh, my goodness look at Dallas Dallas um, apart from some of these other teams Boy, uh, part of their problem, right, in, in their cold opening, is their problem is is that Dak Prescott is widely touted, lauded, um, and self-stylized the best offensive player uh, on the, for the Dallas Cowboys, and that therein is a different problem than a problem with the Rams with their injuries to to. Um, Matt Stafford or to Joe Burrow because Dak's injury hits a bit harder for the Dallas Cowboys because they're already in a situation where they are. I, it's not, I can't say acknowledging because acknowledging would be as though if what they're acknowledging um, was in fact a truth. And it's more of a truth to their team that it is realistically like that, that Dak Prescott is the best offensive option because therein is their problem is that Dak, they, they, they put a lot on Dak's shoulders. I mean, just like any quarterback, right? Guys got to throw guys open, got to be able to read defenses and things like that. But when they acquiesce that Dak is, is, is it for the future offensively of their team, the decision-making around that um, investment um, into that position is not going to net any returns as strongly as it has for a Cincinnati Bengals with Joe Burrow or even Matt Stafford with the Rams. Uh, Josh Allen, to some lesser degree, although Josh Allen isn't injured, um, he's got a lot of support from his team into the investment, into his talent. 
he just has to net that now. Like they're like the the team that the Bills have formed, and we'll get back to Dallas there. But it's just to show that it's not just as simple as that quarterback isn't as great as a quarterback as Josh Allen. There's been many a quarterback, um, a couple handfuls now, as far as any of the winning quarterbacks, right? Um, who, uh, for example, Brad Johnson and Dak Prescott aren't all that far from like talent throwing ability or anything like that, but in recognizing what Brad Johnson was as a quarterback and what Dak is as a quarterback, the Dallas Cowboys have got to do the job that every other team with a quarterback that they're saying is their guy. You got to put things around it. And unfortunately for Dak, being the best offensive player in Dallas right now, he needs to have a monster defense, like a defense that is on par with the record-setting defense that was the Baltimore Ravens with Trent Dilfer as their quarterback, uh, although due to injury, in the playoffs and into a Super Bowl. Like, even the quarterback that the Ravens had uh, uh, there that got injured before Trent Dilfer still needed that exceptional defense in order for those quarterback skills to be what that team could need to win. You fast forward into that team's future, into Joe Flacco, and the many years that Joe Flacco had upon entering into the league and playing in playoffs or getting his team uh, to be in position to be first or second in the AFC North during his playing tenure was also behind a great portion of that record-setting, truly groundbreaking defense that won that, that netted them a Super Bowl there in Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, uh, Tony Siragusa, Haloti Nata, Jamal Lewis, um, and Shannon Sharp's last last season or so uh, as 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 a football player. Like that team was set up so that a Trent Dilfer could step into that situation and be able uh, to be a quarterback. Um, that because you can't really call it a game manager. What Trent Dilfer did in that space was not manage a game as much as is he was the available reserve quarterback and he was able to play within that system. And there is the Ravens Super Bowl. But Trent Dilfer is not was not like a seminal talent. Like he wasn't some perpetual uh, mainstay in the in the championship sweepstakes. So you don't necessarily have to have an Aaron Rodgers to win. You just need to be able to have realistically the 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 outlook on 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 your personnel. Now I keep saying quarterback because that's mostly what we're going to mention because it's such an important position. I mean, as we just mentioned, right? If those hallmark defenses or the hallmark defense of the Ravens was was any a a third a sixteenth of an iota of less talented or didn't have the big playability, there was no way possible that a sub 200-yard performance, one touchdown, was going to win a Super Bowl for a team. And so the notion that Dak isn't a quarterback that can win a Super Bowl, that may or may not necessarily be true because he's not in that, he hasn't been in that situation, hasn't proven that he can play his team into that situation. But we're talking about the team as it is constructed, the Dallas Cowboys, as it is constructed, there's no way that they're going to be able to yield a championship using Dak's talent because the team isn't set up to play behind or to have anything to complement that. There's going to be a lot of people, and as far as Matt Stafford, 
his body of work, right? Like before he takes that big arm and talent that he's always had uh, and, and, and been brought into the situation on the Rams that could only be a situation that Matt Stafford, where you slide him into with his playability behind and with another hallmark defense boy there were there was a, a there were a few um segments in that uh recent Bengals and Rams Super Bowl right where if you're looking at that with realistic expectation uh built up for a body of work over time there was a period in the game where Matt Stafford's um play uh before before the the mid part of the game the aberration in his performance was him playing well without mistakes. But Matt Stafford that we know arrived in the middle of that game. It was just another hallmark defense having a future Hall of Famer and a future Hall of Famer on the defense. Um, veteran, the veteran in Von Miller, and then the, 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 the rising talent uh, of Aaron Donald. A couple with many others on that defense, Jalen Ramsey, some other folks, man. They had enough playability defensively to still have that game where once Matt Stafford um, got back out of his normal and into the aberration of playing well without mistake, that was what they were able to win. If it was not for the Rams' defense, there was no way when Matt Stafford actually showed up in that game, the expectation of Matt Stafford that we all have – uh, here on the in, 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 as far as a, a quarterback's ability in, in, in professional sports in the NFL, no one was saying to themselves realistically when Matt Stafford started playing poorly, what's going on? I can't believe he's doing that. <clears throat> I'm sure most of us said, oh, well, there's Matt Stafford was wondering when he was going to show up. So him being able to play, we were still expecting the normal Stafford, not the aberration of, of his own playability of winning and being able to to, to, to have mistake-free um, uh, uh, plays and things. So, my goodness, uh, it's just one of those things where if you're a professional team, and, and see, the Bengals have a different problem. Altogether from what you're seeing with Dallas and what you're seeing with Josh Allen, and what you're seeing with San Francisco, San Francisco, my goodness, their trajectory, they want, they were wanting to play and see how their uh, quarterbacks of the future was going to be able to handle being given the reins and all this. They're not able to gauge this now because he's injured. But you see, here's the other thing, though. Here's the other thing. Injuries uh, are going to happen because a human physical body is not meant to do the sort of actions and, and the body motions that are going to be engaged in a football game. For example, it is not a natural human everyday orientation of your body to run at a consecutive 25, 26, 23 miles per hour and then be abruptly stopped by another human. Like we're meant like 
we are meant to walk on two legs and to generally interact with our environment, not on that level. And so anytime you introduce things, whether it's a, a, a physical motion, a drug, anytime you introduce anything into our human-like system and it's not meant to do that, then the response is going to be, um, you, know, you know, in, in, in the, uh, the anti-response. Uh, being in a situation where you're normally not going to be injured and now you have things that are going to possibly produce injury That's what's going to end up happening. So it's not that all oh, these guys man They don't have the strength and conditioning, you know what something's going wrong No, you're introducing something into someone's in, into someone is still a human person's Normal regimen that they otherwise wouldn't have so when injuries happen. It shouldn't be anybody's surprise It shouldn't be but there is also the notion of how you even expose someone who doesn't have a great deal of football, that they have games played in the entirety of what we can call their football career up until this point. Like if the, if the gentleman has not, if, if, if the typical, and we're just throwing a number out there, but we're just saying, if a typical rookie quarterback that has two to three to four years of college experience coupled with high school, we're saying, you know what? This person should have 400 games of football played up until this point. Like, and if they have less than that, they're just like anything. Their body just hasn't been exposed to it for, for, for as long. And now we have these injuries where you have a Trey Lance who gets injured in a football game doing football movements. And it's like, my goodness, didn't you have a training? Uh, you know, didn't you have a, a training camp? Didn't you have those things? Yes, you do. But then you grow the conversation out from there. Uh, by the way, hats off to uh, the gentleman Colin Coward for such a great interview with former head coach uh, Sean Payton. Because there were segments in the interview. If you haven't uh, heard that, please go to Fox Sports 1. I'm sure you can look it up on YouTube and things. Really great interview. Great to see the minds there gelling. But one of the things that you can really take away from that interview is the thought process of like a real true dude evaluator and like what goes on, you know, in the football seasons that these gentlemen and ladies and other folk persons have to deal with, right? And so one of the takeaways from this interview was Sean Payton emphatically when asked the question about training camp and personnel not being in pads, like any pads, Sean Payton's response wasn't emphatic. No, there, no, not at all. No pads at all. And then you're saying, well, if these are football movements, the tackling and other things and the contact that are going to happen, however slight that you can recreate that during practice, if you have a coach, a Super Bowl winning coach, multiple playoff appearance coach, um, long tenured um, assistant coach, you know, if you have this person who has to evaluate talent like on that level saying to you, there is a key component to this game that could potentially get someone's body conditioned for NFL movements and you take that away, yes, you're going to see these injuries because these, these players aren't able to play themselves into game shape. And that's something that we hear from uh, foreign players or analysts, right? And sometimes that sort of level of insight kind of gets relegated into the, oh, of course he's going to say that he's an athlete. No, look, it's a, it's a, if it were a business principle, right? Dude, there's going to be no way possible that if you have an executive level 
um, uh, director, right? Let's say as director of information technology. And prior to this person accepting this role, right? They don't have the years, right? They don't have the years of different, um, uh, different 10 years in different departmental capacities, whether they were a director of information at like a, uh, a nonprofit or if they were a city's director of, of information infrastructure, like they have never really gotten the longevity to step into this job. And then the, lo and behold, the information security performance of said company really isn't up to where they'd like it. It's not because the technology doesn't exist to do that, right? Like we would know that at that point, there's someone not making a decision and you grow it out from there. Same thing happens in any executive capacity. XYZ manufacturer makes components for the buzzomatic, right? And over year, over the years, a quality standard, which the product and, and everyone was maintaining, suddenly seems to be to, to take um, some steps back. We find out that maybe quality controls aren't being adhered to as strongly as they were in times past. And it's not because people stopped caring. It happened because of the direction that was given by some executive level person. Like these things happen, which is why businesses do restructure and why people do get fired and hired. It's why in, in, in professional sports, a director of uh, or president of XYZ Sports Operations has only one or two seasons as opposed to someone else that has multiple. It's not because players have stopped being able to be drafted. It's not because necessarily the game has altogether changed. It meant that that person, and then you grow that conversation out from there whether they're a director of operations or a coach, right? If they are newer and they appear to show deficiencies in their decision-making, Okay, that person is not going to be looked at to be retained. And then you grow the conversation out from there. A coach that seems to not have success. It's not because players all that much are altogether completely different in this playing situation as opposed to they are in another one. What it means that somewhere someone's decision making is not able to maximize leverage those pre those players talents in order to win and to win championships, to win at a high expectation, a high clip, which in times past. Right. About, right about 10 wins, 11 wins, you're like, okay, you're a team that obviously, now with that one more game, that separates 9, 10, and 11 wins now in the NFL are right around about the same winning sort of power or power ability to be ranked power rankings as you would be if you won 7, 8, 9, and maybe 10 games at the higher clip just a few seasons ago. Boy, what a difference a game uh, makes a day, a little one other second more than maybe what you had in times past. You're going to end up getting maybe one more game as one more opportunity that someone that isn't into game playing shape has in order to get themselves injured. Case in point, there was a, uh, a, a groundbreaking historic athlete, two-way athlete, guy played baseball and football. And no, we're not talking about Deion Sanders, talking about Bo Jackson who was originally drafted um, to play baseball. And Bo Jackson had a combination of unique swiftness and power and elusiveness um, that for someone his size and, and what the expectation was on somebody with his frame. But Joe, Bo Jackson played professional football, but he kept getting hip injuries. 
kept getting them to where they eventually he had to get a hip replacement and was no longer able to function to play football anymore because of the football motion that would happen. We don't know how Bo Jackson, the Major League Baseball only player's body, would have held up over that time frame because unfortunately being a baseball player in football, even though you have an exceptional athletic talent, may not translate into you being able to play the game for as long as you hope you grow that conversation out from there. There's many a, there's many a player that perhaps their playability, right, and ability to operate as a professional athlete at like the highest level, they were able to compete, but they're actually competing in a sport that isn't made for them. Tony Romo, a guy, if you're from Wisconsin, and a man or a person of a certain age, then Tony Romo is someone that is representative of yourself, like whether it's in a peer group, what have you. What I am able to appreciate of Tony Romo being also from southeastern Wisconsin, my first high school football game that I played was Tony Romo's last year that he was playing. So my first game uh, that I played uh, where we played against the Burlington Devils Red Devils, that was Tony Romo's team, and he played in that game. I had an opportunity to shake the hands of someone who two, three, four years later would end up being the quarterback of America's football team, the Dallas Cowboys, man. What I can also tell you is that Tony Romo is a great golfer. Body is built. Here's the thing. Injuries shortened Tony Romo's NFL career. Gentleman was able to rack up multiple games where he's throwing 400, 500 yards, a couple games against a team that I was close to at the time, the New Orleans Saints. He performed well in, in, as an NFL player. Body built now. Body built for golf. Like, even looking at Tony Romo at point, various points in his professional career, he didn't seem to have a football-carrying body. That's because Tony is a golfer. Like, legitimately, if it were not for injury, and I, you know, I hate to deal in fallacy, but I am, I am telling you this for the sake of this show. If Tony Romo would have entered into playing professional golf earlier in his professional sports career, I would, I would be willing to wager that he would have done very well at a Masters event or something like that. I can't say that he would have won. There's some great talents in there. I'm not saying that it would have been impossible for Tony Romo to win a Masters. I'm saying he could have realistically, and I believe he still does at some levels, but Tony Romo was a golfer playing, able to play football, dude. And so even recognizing where your quarterback is in their situation to Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray's brain does not play football. <laughs> if you can believe that, he's just able to because he's an exceptional athlete, man. Same thing with Russ Wilson. Russ, Kyler Murray are baseball players able to play professional football at a level that is comparable to people who are like some football playing dudes, man. Like that is also the other difference, like in knowing what you have. Of course, in, in our current climate of, 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 of very uh, friendly accommodations to uh, players, regular employees, there's a lot of things now in the workforce that, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago would be woefully absent from any sort of accommodation or consideration, right? But now we're in the in, in the area of, of player power and power to the play, uh, power to the players and, and, and all those things like that. 
So the contracts of some of these players, it's like, well, why not give him that? He's, you know, risking his life and limb and, 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 and longevity in some cases when it comes down to the hits that these gentlemen take. Like we're asking a lot. So why not get paid the money or get them paid money? Which is why, you know, when we when we talk about these collective bargaining agreements and take this from someone who has had to be in a representative capacity in the middle of union country. OK. Is that it is you have we have professional sports whenever there's a collective bargaining agreement this notion that it's these two sides and there's friction inherently built into that there's going to be no workable way forward if we're both going into this thinking it's going to be a battle it shouldn't there shouldn't even be a thought for it to be a battle it's not just about demands and concessions Dudes, this is for like the livelihood and longevity of your professional sports attainment. Being an owner and having these grudges against players asking for money, get off of that. You're going to end up putting yourself in a situation where you're bargaining for things the way that you would in antiquated times past. These back rooms, you know, smell filled with smoke. Well, number one, you, there's a lot of places you can't smoke indoors now, right? So now that's like an, an outdoor space, you know, a smoke a smoking area. So there's no longer a, a back room filled with smoke, right? Because you can't even smoke in the rooms anymore. And so, you know, the responsible thing to do be coming forward is to really put players in a position where they're going to succeed. Like, just because someone is an exceptional athletic talent does not mean, and here's the thing, this may sound kind of counterintuitive. Kyler Murray's, I'm sorry, Kyler Murray, at this point, given where we're at now with kind of the knowledge and stuff, great talent, but maybe perhaps a far more prudent thing would have been. Because there's injuries, right? I just talked about things that hopefully... Um, our, as our listeners are able to get the information, we're able to really see, you know, what we're really discussing here. Kyler Murray's been injured. Kyler Murray has questions about his commitment to Kyler Murray is not his brain is not on football. You're asking a bit much of somebody who wasn't really oriented like that just because he was a great talent in, 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 in Texas football and things. You've got to, there are other indicators where you can clearly see there really isn't anything realistically. There's no real difference between Johnny Manziel and Kyler Murray, with the exception of Kyler's exceptional physical gifts, which allow him to compete at a high level in American professional sports and football and not even be a realistically 100% football player. We have seen other quarterbacks who, my goodness, if maybe we just do better in the draft, maybe we do better by them and do better by the teams. Because Oakland, I'm sure they wish they could have the Jamarcus Russell commitment in draft and everything back in a time frame where the Raiders were needing to, on the other side of having Jeff George and some limited success with trying to reach the, the postseason, running up against a Tom Brady um, uh, and a Bill Belichick Patriot somewhere in there, and then the rest of the league getting better in that space. Boy, Oakland, I'm sure they wish they could have the commitment from uh, of Jamarcus Russell back, and I'm sure they wish they could have gone a different direction. Just like San Diego and the commitment that they made to Ryan Leaf those years ago.
boy. And even though they ended up getting Philip Rivers and Drew Brees, I'm sorry, ended up getting Drew Brees and then Philip Rivers, Rivers later in a trade with Drew Brees, um, one of those three quarterbacks is not like the other. Philip Rivers played many years as the as the quarterback, the face uh, of that offensive part of the offense. There was Ladainian Tomlinson, Antonio Gates, um, and some others that had come along um, in that space and time that. Um, were more important because of their playability than Phillip Rivers, but he was the San Diego quarterback for the longest time. Would have been Drew Brees, imagine that, if Phillip Rivers would have been here, who saw some success uh, early on with the Saints and turning that team around into what we understand as the high-flying Saints. That image wasn't always there. That had to be built, but it was first began after Aaron Brooks, who was a quarterback for Green Bay, gets traded to uh, to the Saints gets them in playoff condition. Phillip Rivers comes to the team, and now he's able to, uh, in a space, um, uh, be that new transformative quarterback with the big arm that now now we're not dinking and dunking. Now we, we're, the high, we're getting to be the high-flying Saints with some of these receivers and things that are on the team in times past. And so Eddie Kennison and such. And then there was, uh, before Michael Thomas, there was Marcus Colston um, there who um, – Along Devery Henderson, a lot of these guys who, um, like I said, would then become the 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 representatives or who would become what we know of the high flying saints, man. But that had to get built over orientation of a team into what their identity is going to be, which leaves me here with Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is fine. The criticism that he holds on to the ball. You know, it's one of those things where they say, hey, the offensive line play in his start here as a NFL quarterback and leading a team to the Super Bowl, he got sacked a lot, like more times than what you would think would be able to net a success. So looking at what the, the Bengals have a problem that Dallas wishes that it had, that the Bills wish they could have answered, could have answered at this point and what San Francisco hopes is going to be the case in their rookie quarterback. Joe Burrow doesn't have to worry about if he can lead a team to the Super Bowl with the talent that he has. He's already done that. Josh Allen, for as great as he's played, has not given the same similar situation of being like given what you have and that team just operating and being able to have in spots have big playability josh allen has not proven that he's a better quarterback than joe burrow why because he's got a longer stretch of time in there man at least what a year two over joe burrow in a vacuum left, like this isn't Josh trying his best to beat out Tom Brady and, and, and that Patriots team. Like the playing field is level. I know Mac Jones had some success in his first season, and I know that the Miami Dolphins are surging, and I know that the Jets are even trying to find their identity. But my goodness, given the rest of who Joe Burrow has to compete against, he has proven that with very little protection, and not the same amount of weapons that other quarterbacks have been given, invested in by their teams, that he's able to compete, win against top talent, put his team in position to still win in a playoff game. I mean, sorry, in a Super Bowl when they, they, they're 
all conventional wisdom was like, well, of course the Rams should win. But once again, as we already covered, there was a segment in that game where Matt Stafford finally showed up, and then we were able to see in that little stretch well, okay, what what what's Joe Burrow about? Joe Burrow was playing and putting his team in position to win that game, even even late against that defense. So the Bengals problem, they don't have the same problems. They don't have any problems with being unproven, untested, or that there's a resolve issue or or a tenacity issue. The Bengals have have a problem that other teams wish they had and that their quarterback is trying to do so much that he's holding on to the ball and putting himself in harm's way when it comes down to taking unnecessary hits. So it can't be that professional football players that they can't seem to buy an offensive lineman. There was another quarterback who made great plays with his legs before we knew what an MVP, consecutive MVP, multiple winning quarterback he would become. That's Aaron Rodgers. My goodness, Aaron Rodgers took a lot of hits early on in his career as he's using his legs I had a, a uh, myself, not the son I heard in, in the media world, but I used to call him Aaron Vick because his ability early in his career to make things happen with his legs and his arm, I had only really seen it at that point in time really come from Mike Vick. And if you're a fan of Aaron Rodgers or have just watched football here um, as closely and kind of seen these rising sort of names. Aaron Rodgers took a lot of sacks holding on to the ball, trying to make stuff happen, and he didn't have the um, tenure with receivers, and he hadn't built up the Aaron Rodgers that could play with XYZ guy. Hadn't built that up yet. He was just a dude trying to compete at the highest level, taking over a starting position, and at the point, at, at his earliest point in his career, was making plays with his legs that put him into arms, into harm's way with taking unnecessary hits. Because when you're, when I mean, everybody's filling you out. Um, the the there there's timing and things that of course right great offensive minds you know three step drop you know five second you know three seconds release the ball those are all meant to help a quarterback minimize right taking those hits because if the ball is coming out in less than five seconds then that's not allowing the defensive players the natural at least the front the 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 folks on the front your front your your linemen and your linebackers anyone that's playing close run support uh run stopping or or pass rushing there um it is their job okay to take on blocks uh, to eliminate people from the offensive scheme there and then to have the numbers game on the other side of the ball. That's why you have schemes like the 34 and things that are meant to use idiosyncrasies um, to try to throw off that natural uh, sort of movement. If, if, a li- if a lineman is supposed to initially block and then move off to a secondary blocker and I take away his ability to find me and block me, well now we're playing a different game in the backfield. So some of these schemes are meant to naturally as it takes those gentlemen a tick over three seconds, maybe about right about the four second mark. If you don't have the ball gone, there's going to be a defensive lineman in your face. But if I get it off a second to two to three seconds before he's naturally, or that person is naturally supposed to be in a position to make a play, then what I have done is just like any sort of equation, right? I've changed the variable and moved in my favor so that I get a result that I was wanting because the defense is supposed to stop you. That defensive um, possession there when when the when the when the ball changes hands the defense is not supposed to let the offense score 
Okay, the offense is supposed to score, but the defense is there as elementary as it sounds. Boy, it seems like the operation that principal seems to miss sometimes with some of the roster choices of 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 of, of the front offices there. So, I mean, the Bengals just have to get it right and keep it right. They have a great quarterback who has a great future. They just have to find a way to take the ball out of his hands. And so there's, you know, as we say in the military, things come down to either it's a will issue or a skill issue because you can fix you can fix a lot of things there heck you can even fix it if it is a will issue you have to build that will up in somebody and if they're not able to show that in, in that instance either you have to yield what you can yield for that person or get someone else skills you can also work on but there's up to a certain point where you can work on skills work on skills but it's still in the execution there and if the execution is off then you have to find a way to compensate for that as the rams did in their championship uh, in their championship attainment or you have to adjust that in the same thing. Jared Goff and Matt Stafford are both quarterbacks. Jared Goff competed uh, to com- com- competed in a Super Bowl, man. Or 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 and and and, and we don't we don't get that. We 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 don't get that attainment. Um, there or competed to and competed to get to a Super Bowl um, there and wasn't able to uh, wasn't able to win. And so Jared Goff to Matt Stafford, Matt Stafford, injury riddled, big arm. Some the the, the 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 team saw that what he was able to do for them, and they were able to maximize that uh, with Matt Stafford there on the team. That's not something that ever you cannot just cut and paste every quarterback. Russell Wilson, for example. It's not so much that Russ is uh, is playing catch-up now to the rest of the league that is now caught up to his talent. It's not as simple as that. Russ does not have on the other side to provide him, meaning that the coach, right, this, the first-year coach. We said it in another show, but what we were saying is that uh, if Kyle Shanahan, Shanahan were the coach of the Broncos, do you really think we'd have any narrative that uh, that the Broncos don't have any sense of direction or that their offensive schemes are lacking. We wouldn't have that conversation. The Broncos could have the same record that they have now with Kyle Shanahan, and the commentary would be that they just have to, you know, find find a space here with a shortened preseason and all these things to bring together the schemes. And see, it'd be a completely different thing than, oh, my goodness, the coaches, you know, seems to be over his head. And he seems not to, you know, nay it is, I know not seems, that sort of thing. So it's either, you know, woefully apparent that the coach isn't able to use their acumen to yield and leverage those professional talents of those folks on the team, or that it is a, a, a roster decision from making it work. It can't be, it can't really be uh, both ways. It could be a combination, different combinations, but it's usually going to be overwhelmingly one or the other. Either the coach has the moxie, the talent, the acumen uh, that he's able to take all these disparate players, and it may not be his ideal scheme of how the players and things that he wants, but he's able to take these people, uh, uh, leverage their, their respective skills, and to get a win. Like there are coaches that are able to do that, but once again, there are some. Uh, the coach of the Denver Broncos up until this point has not proven that he's able to do that. So hopefully things uh, get better. And then on the flip side, of that you do have Kyle Shanahan, that who at points seems like it's more about the bravado 
of someone's ability to take these disparities. You know, he's like, hey, can you throw a ball? Can you hit a guy, you know, on a route? What's your name? <laughs> Johnny McGillicuddy? Come on, Johnny, you're going to be my quarterback. Like, sometimes it's, it, it appears to be that that's sort of the, uh, the, 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 the personality that someone like a Kyle Shanahan who was touted as an offensive. Same thing with the, with the Sean McVay, right? Touted as these offensive minds. But you can't always just plug and play. Sometimes you have to make those roster decisions really count and really work, or you're not going to be able to, with all of the lightning and mileage in the world, you're not going to be able to do much of anything if you don't have the right person in there. And so with that being said, we're going to bring the show here to a close. Please, um, please listen, like, and share more episodes of Sports Spot Weekly or even the Union Addressed uh, available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and the anchor out. But thank you all for listening. Take care. Be safe out there.